Hey, this is Vadim. Quick note, we are looking for an intern. If you want to make a few bucks writing some blog articles and working with Ben and myself on producing this podcast, you can email me, vadim at diyrecordingguys.com. That's V-A-D-I-M, as in Michael, at diyrecordingguys.com. This episode explores different mastering options, and Ben and I did a very fun, very eye-opening experiment. We took three songs each, and we got each of those songs mastered three different ways. We did a DIY master, we sent a version to a professional mastering engineer, and then we used an online algorithm service, which we lovingly call the robot master in the episode. And we sent our, so nine total files, right? Three songs, three versions for each song. We sent those versions to each other, just labeled ABC without telling uh, each other what the versions were. And then we tried to listen critically and figure it out. And we made a little contest out of it. So it was a lot of fun. We think you'll enjoy it. But we didn't mention this on the episode, and I, I, th I think it's important to mention here. If this type of critical listening exercise seems frustrating to you or if you just can't quite hear some of the, the nuances that Ben and I are talking about, that's perfectly okay. Critical listening is something that's obviously super important to the process of producing music and mixing, but it's something that you develop over time exactly by doing these types of exercises. You know, my own critical listening journey is still very much in progress. And as I said, it gets better just doing these types of exercises. So if you're listening to this and you're kind of shrugging like, well, I can't really hear the differences, keep a few things in mind. First of all, we sat with these songs for longer. We listened to more of the samples than we're playing on this episode. And some of it is subjective, right? So you may disagree with what we came up with, and that's totally fine as well. That's why making music is fun. Enjoy the episode. You are listening to the DIY Recording Guys podcast, your one-stop information source for DIY music production, with your hosts, Fadim Karaz and Benjamin Hall. All right, welcome to another episode of the DIY Recording Guys podcast. I'm Vadim from Calm Fraud Recording. And I'm Ben from DreamLot Studio. Ben, we're doing... Maybe our most controversial episode to date. How do you feel? I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm not worried because of the blowback. I'm more worried that we'll find out we're not as good at mastering as maybe we hope we are. My fear is that, that yeah, that mastering this, this art form that is mastering, that even though we've talked about it and we'll talk about it more on this episode we 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 understand it but it's still this kind of sacred process the last step of mm -hmm. processing your song goes through my fear is that an algorithm can do it like that is yeah. my my fear uh, who who knows we're jumping to conclusions here cuz literally we we don't know how it's going to end up anyway we're very excited i'm super excited for this episode i've been excited all day <laughs> we're talking about mastering today. We're talking about specifically the different options available to you when you're ready to master your tracks. And I'll start by saying if you don't know quite exactly what mastering is, we did an episode. I'm looking it up right now. 
I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. Here it is. Episode 23. We did episode 23. It's called All About Mastering 101, which is a bit of an inside joke if you listen to the episode. In that episode, Ben did an awesome job explaining the basics of what mastering is. And if you're a little fuzzy on that, I would say stop listening to that. Listen or stop listening to this. Listen to episode 23 first, then come back to this because you'll find it a lot more interesting. But uh, we'll give you the the 50 cent tour here (laughs) just as a summary. I'm going to steal a phrase you said, Ben, in that episode, which is that mastering is kind of like the final quality control step of uh, or for your song. And so if you think about what's happening in your DAW and your digital audio workstation during the mix, you have all of these different tracks and you're processing them and you're combining them. And ultimately the output of that mixing process is a single stereo file. So it's a single file that has a left channel and a right channel. Anything you do to that single stereo file up until the point it's released can be considered mastering. And Ben, you brought up also in episode 23 that an example of uh, like Bob Clear Mountain, I think, where mm-hmm. he finished the mix, he sent it to the mastering engineer. The mastering engineer actually said it was perfect and he didn't need to do anything to it. That is still mastering because it's, a, it's another set of ears listening to that output and then making decisions. And of course, mastering can also be, uh, can also involve fixing certain things, certain issues with the mix, uh, things like frequency balance. It's also considering how wide the mix is. It's considering how appropriate it is for the genre. It's, um, and then finally, of course, we all know about loudness. The uh, key part of mastering is always to make sure that the loudness of the song is appropriate yeah. for whatever the distribution service is and also for uh, the genre. So if you're playing two MP3s back to back from two different bands from two different years, you don't want one to be way quieter than the other one. Uh, that's not a pleasant listening experience. Correct. That's my 50 cent overview. You got anything to add there uh, as, as far as summaries go on mastering? I think the only thing maybe you didn't touch on was that really the principles of mastering are very similar to mixing and recording. Mm -hmm. Like, so comparing it to mixing, uh, you're making creative decisions to make your song sound better, but you're you're also, and I like to keep this in mind too whenever I'm working, is I try to always keep in mind, you know, the reason behind what I'm doing. And I don't just try to generically put things on my master or mastering chain just because that's the way you're supposed to master. I'm, I'm saying uh, scare quotes um, right. real quickly. So what I mean by that is, Mastering doesn't always mean adding tape emulation. And that goes back to that Bob Clear Mountain example. Like you need the expertise and the amount of humility to be able to say, this doesn't need messed with at all. Or it does need messed with, it needs these things. Right. In some ways, I, I like to think about more general statements like, the low end seems like it's overpowering. Or this doesn't seem bright enough to me. Kind of those t- right. type of things I like to do. Well said. So. Uh, When it comes to mastering, when you're ready to master your song, you have that final mix, it's shiny and you like it and you're happy with it. Basically, you have three options. Option number one is we're the DIY recording guys all the way to the end, all the way to the finish line. We're going to master our own mix. Totally acceptable. You and I both do it on a regular basis. I do it on a regular basis for clients I work with, especially if they're on a tighter budget. I will master my own mixes. Absolutely an option. Option two 
is you can send your mix to a mastering engineer, somebody who does mastering professionally. And option three is kind of the new kid on the block. This is the controversial part is Mm -hmm. you can use one of these mastering algorithm services that are popping up online. There's a couple of different ones. I haven't decided yet, Ben, if we're going to actually name uh, the ones, the one we're using here, we'll see how the test goes. Cause yeah. I don't want to, yeah, but anyway, um, so those are kind of your three options. Can you think of any other options for, like, for mastering? I guess not mastering is an option. Yeah. I guess that would be the other option you could go with too. Like you don't have to technically master. I mean, th- that's where we get into the kind of like, uh, the murky waters of what is actually mastering again. Once again, go back yeah. to episode, what was that? 23? 23. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to episode 23 where we, Maybe dive into that a little bit more. This probably isn't the appropriate time to get into all of that again. But really, like, uh, if your song has appropriate loudness and you feel like it's balanced already, you don't have to send it to a different mastering house. You can release it the way that it is. Before we get into, like, the the examples and stuff, why don't we just talk about maybe the reasoning behind why would you choose either one of these three options or maybe option four and not master it? You want to dive into that now? Sure. So yeah, so we got these three options: do it yourself, send it to somebody else, or use one of these algorithms. So so Ben, I'm, I guess I'll ask you: which one do you choose? If you're working on a song today, you just finished it. Which one are you choosing, and and why? Now, yes, today's test notwithstanding. Yes. Right. So. And does it depend? I'm sure it depends. Right. It, d- it so. does depend. So the caveat is, it's not my music. I'm because I'm a studio. I'm working on somebody else's music. Okay. My general workflow is top-down mixing, which I think we've talked about before on the show. That's where you kind of do the big, uh, you basically work on the mastering chain first and then you work backwards or you work on big generalized EQ moves and maybe um, dynamics, saturation type of moves on the master bus or the mix bus. And then you work backwards into the individual tracks. I like it. It works for me. So in essence, I kind of start with the mastering. I understand what you're saying. You're saying you already pre-apply some of the quote-unquote mastering, you know, the generic the mastering processes that we kind of know and we, we reach for. You kind of apply those early on in your mixing phase. Mm-hmm. But let's I'll just, just ask you a little bit to elaborate here. Once, you know, you worked on the song, you... You've already done that, and then you finish your mix, quote unquote. Now you're happy with how everything is balanced, and you're happy with the energy flow. What do you do at that point? Do you let's say you your DIY mastering? Do you is that the point where you're done? Like, do you have to do you ever go back and like tweak anything in your mastering chain, or is that do you consider that kind of to be integral to your mixing process? And then if you're going the DIY route, at that point you're done. Yeah, I think so. It depends on the song, but I think that. Normally, by the time I'm done with a mix, I'm also 90% done with mastering as well. Okay. I'll tell you why I do it this way. Because I used to try to do it the opposite way and separate these stages a little bit more. I think maybe more importantly than doing different things with mastering or treating it in a a different way, I can't completely separate that mastering from mixing because I have the bias of working on the mix. So I kind of started thinking to myself, it would probably be better for me to send this to somebody else completely different who's not had all of the experience of working on the mix up to this point to do a master. And so if I'm not going to do that and I'm just going to do everything myself, I might as well 
combine as many of the steps as possible and save myself work later. So does that kind of make sense? So I used to try to finish a mix and then export it and then master my stereo file, but I kind of felt like it was a little bit redundant or doing it that way was kind of wasting time and I wasn't gaining anything from just doing the top-down mixing. Yeah, I see I see what you're saying. I, I guess when you, I mean, my, my workflow is a little bit different and maybe I'll get into that in a little bit, but I do want to kind of get into some of what we're doing today because this is, uh, I'm super excited about this. So to give you guys a framework, what Ben and I have done is we've taken three songs each that we've mixed and we've gotten those three songs mastered in each of the three ways we just discussed. So one version we mastered ourselves, one version we sent to a pro, one version we did with an online algorithm. Mm. And so so Ben then has, let's say, he has these three songs, three versions. He's named them version A, version B, and version C and sent them to me. But I don't know which version corresponds to which mastering method. So I have three songs from Ben, three versions each. And I listened through them today and tried to decide we tried to decide two things. We tried to decide which version was best, which version did we like best. And then we tried to just figure out which one was the algorithm version. But I actually tried to pin down all three. I, I did I tried too. to guess. <laughs> okay, good. So I say, I'll make a little game show out of it. Let's see oh, uh, okay. who can. All right, so each, each right guess is worth a point. <laughs> this is way harder than mixing, I think. Like, because when you're mastering, you're kind of, you're just tweaking some things that have already been done to the mix, but I feel like it's way easier to hear somebody's uniqueness and artistry in a mix. If this was like, if we were comparing mixes, it would be way easier I to see tell. what you're saying. Like, of course, yes. Especially mixes that you've done, because I've heard a few of your mixes and I know like what your mixes sound like. You know, it has your unique thumbprint of them, but with mastering, it's going to be yeah. trickier. It's very tricky. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that one's kind of a toss up. But so the moral of the story is Ben has the same thing from me. He has yes. three songs, three versions each, ABC. He didn't know in advance. What we're going to go through now is these versions and we're going to, you're, you're, we're going to play them for you and you can kind of do this exercise with us. And uh, just a couple of kind of technical notes here. We have balanced the versions. So the versions did come back with different loudness levels. We've kind of balanced that to be roughly close to each other because, again, our tendency as humans, we tend to prefer louder things. So you can be deceived into thinking something is better just because it's louder. So we've tried to level match those things. And all of these files are at the same bit rate. They're at 192 kilobits per second MP3s. Uh, and then again, that's just to have an apples to apples comparison. You don't want to compare like a crappy MP3 with like a high quality WAV file because the high quality WAV files may win even if it's not a better a better master. Right. So, with that said, Ben, let's. You want to start with one of your songs or one of my songs? Where do you want to? Um, let's begin here. We can totally start with my song. Let's start with that. Cool. Which one? Um, let's go in alphabetical order because that's kind of the way I have them. Uh listed here so, so we'll start with dan's song the show me the way all right and uh is there any particular section like a 30 second section or so you want to play here uh, probably the last chorus when that comes in where the wave 
file is big. I don't know what the timestamp is on that. Cool, cool. I got you. Yeah. All right. So what I'm going to do is, so this is version A. I do not know, and the listeners obviously do not know which version this is. So I'm going to play a bunch of this version A. Then I'm going to play a bunch of version B. And then a bunch of version C. And then I'm going to kind of switch. So I'm going to start with A, switch to B, switch to C. All right, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Here's version B. And version C. All right, now, so I'm going to start with A. I'm going to switch to B, you know, a third of the way through, and then I'm going to switch to C. So you can kind of hear them back to back. Yeah. You think that's good, or should I even switch back? Should I go A, B, C, B, or something like that? Just go A, B, C one time. I'm going to do A, B, C, A, so you can hear C and A back to back as well. Okay, that works. All right, so I'm going to do A, B, C, A, starting with A. Here we go. Okay. All right, so let me give you, first of all, they all sound good to me. And I've heard this mix before. It's a strong mix. So I think part of this, I think, is... Starting with a strong mix, obviously, in all cases, will get you a better master. I mean, yeah. that's going to be true across the board. So this is a strong mix. So to me, version A was the version I liked best. I agree with that. And, okay. And I thought, you know, the, the kick drum was a little heavy on it, but it, it was a little meaty and beefy, but I, I liked it ultimately. And I just thought, there was a level of energy, whether that's saturation or whatever the techniques are. I thought 
there was a level of energy and just excitement there that I, I wanted out of the mm-hmm. track uh, as compared to the other two versions. Version B was a little too scooped in the mids for my taste. Mm. Like that didn't have that energy in the mids and it kind of dulled some of the energy of the vocal and the guitars for me. And version C was, was good. Version C was good. I just liked version A a little bit better. So my guess is that version B was the version. Am I right? You are correct. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> You're very correct. And um, yeah, and, and I'm going to say uh, version C was your version. It was. Okay. And the, the reason I say that is because to me, again, maybe having heard the mix before, but to me, that one was like the truest to the mix. And then version A, I could just hear some of that energy level come up a little bit, which is what I would expect from a pro mastering engineer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's three points for me, Ben. Yeah. I'm crushing this. Dang, man. Good <laughs> job. So let me give you a little bit of background on this too, because this is very interesting for me as well. So I sent this off to Brandon Hart from Heartbeat Studios. He did the mastering on this. Nice. All I did with it was I, I left my typical top-down mixing mastering chain. And all I took off was my limiter. You can definitely hear in what he did, he like crushed it with some type of mix bus compression. I don't know really what he used, but he almost maybe crushed it a little bit too much for my taste, but I still like what he did with it better than I did. And it, and it gave me something to learn from as well. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's appropriate for the genre. And I'm going to plant a flag. This is as, as we kind of go back and forth on this, you said one thing that is, is critical for me, which is that you were able to learn something from this. And I know for myself, every single time I've ever sent a song off for mastering, after I get back that master, assuming I'm happy with it, or once we're at a point where I'm happy with it, I will load it up in a clean session along with my master, and I just do critical listening. I'll spend like an hour doing this. I'll do critical listening back and forth and try to see what the differences are because ultimately I'm trying to Bob Clear Mountain every mix I do. I'm trying to get to the point where it doesn't need anything. And so like, this has happened to me multiple times where I'm like, oh, okay. I think, I think, you know, this, I could get this closer to the sound by doing this one technique. And it, it actually makes me a better mixer in the future. So that's one compelling reason to maybe hire somebody at least once or twice, because you can learn a lot from that. All right. Let's talk about uh, your song. The first one you gave me. So, so this is a song. Um, <laughs> I did have some questions this is, about um, this too. <laughs> this is my my wife and I have this project that we work on like almost never, and we're sitting on like eight really I think good songs. They're like some of the some of my favorite songs that I've written, and so this is one of those songs never been released. We have like I said, we have like eight of them, and slowly we're chipping away at this album in our spare time, which we don't have. So hey, one thing I'll say about this song before you start. I was laughing so hard at the lyrics and the chorus. Oh, really? That's that's <laughs> that's uh that's interesting, man. I don't even remember what the lyrics are in the song, but um There's something like I've got a great business plan, I'm meeting with the mayor tomorrow, and it just seemed to me like to be such like a like a funny brag type of a thing. So, so I just enjoyed it a lot. The song is actually I'm actually <laughs> going to talk about it now. Now that yeah. you've now that you've goaded me onto it, but what it's actually about it's called Mania and what it's actually about is um we all go through this, right? Where you have like, you get up and you're super motivated and you're like, I'm going to do a hundred pushups a day this whole week. 
and I'm going to get all this stuff done. And you're really like, it's kind of, it's a state of like light mania almost, you know, uh, not, not to an extreme extent, because this is a serious bipolar disorder is a serial, serious disorder that people struggle with. So I don't right. want to make light of that. But to me, the idea was like how to leverage those times where I'm like, okay, I'm on an upswing this week. Like I feel great. I'm going to try to get a lot of stuff done. And that's kind of what it's, what the song okay. is about is just like this, like feeling super great and energetic and like leveraging that to your advantage. But anyway, <laughs> cool. I'm going to start with version A again. We don't know which version is which. I'm going to do version A, then play a big clip of version B, big clip of version C, and then we'll do A, B, C, A, and then Ben will tell us what he thinks. Oh, man, the pressure's on. All right, here we go. All right, here's version B. Version C. Back to back, starting with A. Okay. All right. Give me your thoughts. First of all, it's interesting because I just listened to this on monitor, so I'm hearing it on headphones for the first time, and it's like a different experience. Hmm. Which is cool. It's cool. All right. I am probably least confident about this one, but okay. I'll tell you what I think about them first, and then I'll make my guesses. Okay. So it's really still a toss up, but I think I like to be the most. And my reasoning okay. behind it was the dynamic sounded the most controlled to me on that one. Everything sat in the pocket really good. And the presence on the vocals stood out the most to me. So the focus was just on the vocals the most out of everything. Mm. But it was hard to pick between that and A because I did like A a lot too. My only thing with that is that I felt maybe that the sub bass and the kick had maybe still a little bit too much dynamics in them. Mm. But it was still... On A? Yes, on A. Okay. But they're still... I mean, they're still good. They're just both different uh, different goals with the mastering, I think. And then C, I felt like 
had a very warm tone to it, but not enough high end for my taste. Which one's which? I think <laughs> I, I actually think I'm wrong on this, but I'll, I'll go ahead with my original guesses anyways. I think that yeah. B was you. Am I right in that? Yes. Am I right? Okay, great. Yeah. So I liked yours the most. Awesome. I yeah, thought, I'm pumped, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> um, A, I thought was the machine. No. It wasn't. No. Okay, that makes a lot. That still does make a lot of sense to me, though, because I feel like it fits with my other, the other two songs that we'll talk about later. Okay, I'm, I'm off one, and then I thought that C was professional really? master. Yeah. Oh no, kidding, man. Yeah. So, so my, my favorite one is the professional master, which I'm not gonna put this on the episode, but it's. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, so yeah, I, I, I did like the pro master more than my own, and for one very specific reason was that grimy synth, which is like one of my favorite parts of the song. I thought on the pro master, which was version a, it kind of pushed that aggressiveness in a pleasant hmm. way for me. I don't like the algorithm master, the robot master yeah. at all. And to me, one thing was exactly what you said, not an, nearly enough presence in the vocals and not enough high end. But also the kick was way off, out of balance to me. It was like way too heavy yeah. for for the mix. I thought it was really skewed. So it was like too much low end and not enough presence. And so I, I really was not that thrilled with the robot master on this one. Yeah, I agree. With, I don't know if I made that clear, but that was by far my least favorite. Like between, yeah. between A I and B for me, me, they were very close, but the robot master was way off. Yes, a, a robot master. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree with you. It was it was way off on this one, which is which is, I mean, I thought it was actually better on the other ones. So I will um I'll I'll flag another thing here about mastering, which is you you kind of started talking about this as well. But for your own productions, by the time you get to this the mastering phase, you've got so many hours invested that we, we've talked about this before. One of the huge benefits is just having a trained ear to bounce things off of. And this is something that you may not be able to get from your buddy who doesn't really know a lot about listening with a critical ear. I mean, look, my wife has a very musical ear. She's grown up singing. She listens to a lot of music, but she doesn't listen critically and she doesn't mix. So like when I ask her, hey, do you like A or B better? Nine times out of 10, she says, I can't tell the difference Yeah, because she's not listening for what I'm listening for. Right? right. So, so getting that professional opinion is helpful. And also I've had cases where the mastering engineers come back and said, listen, I'll be honest with you. Like that snare reverb doesn't work. You got to change it. And I'm like, oh my God, you're right. And I've been living with it for two months. So I don't know that right. <laughs> anymore. Mm -hmm. All right. Which one do you want to do next? Let's do some grit by Mr. Yuck. <laughs> yeah, I, this is this is a very cool track, man. All right, so do you want to introduce this song? Uh, any any context here? Who's uh, the, artist? the artist is Mr. Yuck. He's actually a coworker with me at my day job. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So we both do audio engineering at our corporate jobs, and we both do fun stuff on the side too. So it's awesome. <laughs> Sweet. But. Uh, yeah, so the interesting thing is, is that he typically is the DIY artist. He does it all himself. And so I convinced him, hey, send me your track. Let me master it. Let me mess around with it. And so we'll get, mm. we'll get to hear a comparison there. So this is from, gotcha. I didn't tell you this up front. 
So, and I kind of wanted to keep it a secret, but I'll just let you know anyways. This is kind of like the only example in out of these three that is kind of from the other perspective. So I am the professional mastering engineer in this context. Oh, shit. Okay, I got to readjust. Let me let me look at my Yeah, my so I kind of threw you for a loop there. So the ones I have are an algorithm, his own do-it-yourself master, and then my master. Okay. Okay. Shoot. I got to change my answers then. Cause, um, this, I, I did struggle with this a little bit. Um, all right. I'm going to go with, that's all I'll tell you. I have some other thoughts about this, but I'm curious as to what you think. All right, here's B. C. All right, and here's A. All right. All right. Cool. I'm actually nervous about this one now. All right. Cool. Cool. You, you threw me for a loop there. Okay. Um. All right. All right. I'll start by t- describing them a little bit. The version A I thought was was very nice. There's a little. It's a little too sizzly for my taste. There's a little too much sizzle mm. at the top, but just a hair. It's not. It's not so much that it's a problem. Think it's more just a taste thing. I I liked that version. Version B was the widest stereo feel. I thought taking that like synthy bass wide like that was very cool. And um, this was a tough one, but I hmm. think I liked that version the best, just because of how like immersive it was. Mm-hmm. Um, version C I thought had good balance overall. But the stereo field was too narrow compared to the others. And there's also some clipping, especially in the beginning. There was like, not in the beginning of the sample, but in the beginning of the actual track and actually some of the like less dynamic parts, it's either some clipping or some like sounds like distortion Hmm. to me that was, that was a little bit problematic for me. So cool. I'm going to guess that version C was the artist's DIY master. No, you are not right about that. 
Oh, wow. Really? Yes. Oh, man. I'm going to be way off on this one. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want me to reveal? Real? I'll at least no, tell you which. No, I want to guess. Okay. I want to I guess. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say version B was your version. It was. It nice. was. That was my favorite one. Oh, man. thanks. The first one is okay, but that that C, like you even mentioned it. I thought your description was perfect in C. The stereo field's too narrow, and it just sounds messy when I'm listening to it on headphones, especially when you compare was them C all. The ro- so C was the robot version. C was the robot. I thought it was unusable. Hmm. I'm, I'm actually glad. Um, here's why. Let me, let me just play you quickly the beginning of this. This is the very beginning of the track. Listen to how harsh this sounds. Yeah. Even even that first, let me just show you what that first note sounds like on on yours, that first little noise. Versus this. Oh yeah. It just sounds like nails on <laughs> on a chalkboard to me. <laughs> yeah. So I was maybe the only reason I and actually what my notes say my my notes literally right now say a human wouldn't let that slide. <laughs> so the only reason I, I ended up saying that that one was the artist DIY was because I assumed, again, I think as our tendency as artists mixing our, and mastering our own work is to keep the master truer to the mix. And I assumed mm. that the mix was kind of narrower like that, which is fine. And I assumed that the artist would preferentially, you know, kind of keep things narrow to match the mix. And that the mastering and mastering algorithms would take things wider. So uh, that was the only reason I said, but I did have a hard time believing that a human would let that first section slide. Mm. So, okay. So I was half right. Yeah. Uh, But nice job, man. I thought that master sounds awesome that you did. Oh, thanks, man. Let me give you a little bit of background on this too, because this was really unique. He actually sent me stems of the groups from all of his tracks i think he sent me five or six stereo stems all Mm. the drums together all of the sub bass all of the mid bass and then uh, like all the highs and then another track of just effects and i actually specifically asked him for that if he could give give that to me because the one thing i heard in his mix that really wasn't doing it for me was there was a lot of sub bass in his song but it just wasn't translating on anything except my home uh, monitor setup that has a subwoofer that goes down to 20 hertz. This is what you want. Like, think yeah. about what you, what, what you just described. The artist sent you something and you didn't just slap a bunch of processes on it. You were like, listen, I, can, I understand what you're doing and I understand what you're going for. And I understand technically how to get you closer to what you want. Send me the stems to master. And... You did it. You crushed it. So just for stark, this one was one of the most stark differences to me. So let me play this again. I'm going to start with the robot version and switch <laughs> to your version. <laughs> yeah, do it. I mean, that's night and day, man. I shouldn't brag on myself, but dang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What would you compare it. the two? That's it. crazy. So one other thing about this I want to note is that when I submitted this to the algorithm, it actually gave me a warning. And it said, 
this song may not have enough dynamics to master properly. Mm. And so duly noted, I think, I mean, I only had the one track to work with, which was kind of mastered already. So it was pretty squashed. So if I had actually done the mix, I probably would have taken off that limiter to give it more dynamics to work with. But at the same time, I don't know why it decided to, it like volume boosted the intro and the verses of this song into like a way that a human wouldn't. And I well, that's what I'm saying, and yeah. I don't know why that is because it's it's like it crushed the limiter too hard. But the other two masters didn't have that problem; they were much more balanced. And, and yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was it was a problem. It, it really some of these are are taste differences for me. Like they all they work, but technically this one doesn't work for me. That robot master does not work. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool, man. Let's move on. Um, so just just we're keeping score. So I have four points. You have one point, but what? I've gone an extra round than you. Oh, okay, true, true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. You, this is this is your second round right now coming yes. up. So you you got you can make up a lot of ground here. Yeah, I'm hoping to. All right. So this next song is actually the song I used um, for the recording heavy guitars episode. I'm using a lot of my own songs because I don't want to have to ask artists for permission here <laughs> to, yeah. good, good to point. use their stuff. So this is a song, this is a band I'm in called Changing Gods, and the song was just released. It's called Passages, and I'm going to play just verse two here. Very cool song, by the way. Thank you. All right, here's version A. Let me mute my mic. All right, here's B. Here's back to back starting with A. All right, I only did A, B, and C there, but because uh, I ran out of verse. <laughs> <laughs> so give me your thoughts here. All right, I'll tell you my thoughts. I'm most confident I know about this song because you already talked to me about what you did with this quite a bit. Yeah, I ran this one by you when I was mixing it because I was I was having this problem of not being able to see the forest through the trees because I yeah. lived with it for too long. So anyway, yeah. So this is what I thought. Let's talk about... I'll just go in order. So version A. It's a great mix, but I think... The bass guitar has a little bit too much sub-energy. That would be my only critique. Hmm. B, I think the low end of the the low end of the bass guitar feels neutered. And I'll tell you, <laughs> and I guess I'll also reveal who I thought this was too. I thought this was the algorithm. And I'm guessing the algorithm thought that all that low 
base energy was wrong and I need to fix it. But, mm. but I think that that was a creative decision from you and the artist. Uh, and then C, I think it was my favorite. Uh, I thought it was the most exciting. And the thing that stood out to me the most were the guitars were just super beefy uh, in comparison to the other two. And I found like, I, I, I felt like everything just sounded more aggressive and intense with that mix. Mm. That means my favorite was C followed by A and then B was kind of blah. And I think C was machine, B or A was you and B was the algorithm. Am I right? No. What? I'm not right. Not right. No, you were close. C is C is machine. Okay. Machine for yeah, for those of you who don't know, is one of my favorite producers. Uh he mastered this. He's down in Austin, Texas, the machine shop. Yes, and I agree with you. That one was my favorite, and exactly what you said. The guitars are just beefier on that. B was mine. Oh, and okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so it's interesting to me that hmm. you pointed out the bass because my ears, my notes were drawn to the guitars, of course, because well, I played guitar on it, and that's <laughs> that's where my ears go. And I first of all, I thought the robot which was version A was the robot. I thought it did a really nice job on this one. I think it was generally appropriate. Uh, had a nice high-end lift. Uh, but the guitar tone, again, was too scooped for me. It, it kind of scooped some of the mids, and I thought it took some of the bite out of what I was going for with that guitar mm. tone. Uh, it took some of the aggression out. Uh, but ultimately, I think I agree with you in terms of I liked the robot master better than I liked my own master on this. Interesting. Yeah. And now, to be fair, Ben, I never, I didn't truly master this because going into it, I already knew we were going to send it off okay. to machine. So I never really took the time to like critically master it. I basically just, what you heard there was just kind of like my printed mix through the limiter type of thing. So... To be fair, but yeah, I, I I missed the ball on it, <laughs> and I thought mine was the weakest of the three. So one point for you, unfortunately. But I yeah. appreciate what I like. I should give you two points because you thought the better one was mine, and it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Now I will say, so granted, yours was balanced better than the algorithm. I am very interested that the algorithm decided to add that much sub to the bass guitar. Me too. And I think that Me that's too, a problem. Yeah. I think that's a mm. bad master. You think so? And I think that that's why I thought it was you because I thought that probably what happened was is either to, to your ears, and I remember specifically you said, you know, this bass player is crazy. He's doing all this tapping stuff and I want to really feature it. And so I thought that it was a combination of the artist and just your taste of like, I'll just make the bass louder than it typically would be, mm, but the bass is a featured instrument in this. Wonder how it's, I mean, maybe the algorithm was kind of, kind of adding excitement to the low end and the high end and it unwittingly it was, just it added. It add some, some subs to the, it wasn't even in the bass that I heard. It's, I mean, that part is hard to tell because the bass, the guitar and the kick drum are all kind of hitting at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so I assumed it was like kind of, well, it doesn't matter cause it's a master, right. But I thought it was adding kind of like energy to the kick is kind of how I perceived it actually. Yeah. Let me actually, let me, let me play the chorus real quick. Just ABC because it's a, it's a very different dynamics there. True. See if your opinion changes. 
I'm just going to cycle through A, B, C just one time. One more time. It's a short chorus. Yeah, but going through there, I think I think I would change my mind on that if I was focusing on that part more because A just sounds just less clear. Both Yeah, and- that was my my beef with it was it. That's exactly what I was saying was that scooped kind of like to me it's in that 900 to 2 kilohertz range. There's a lot of bite kind of missing there. And yeah. I, I find that tendency with this robot in general, is to kind of scoop the mids a little bit, and that sounds good on some on some genres. But I like what those frequencies do to the guitar and the vocals in this song, so it didn't work for me. Cool, man. Let's uh, let's do the next one here. So we're doing okay, I would say. Well, let, wait, wait a minute. Let's see. So we've been. I should have been tracking this better, but on that one, we've gotten the robot wrong twice. Yeah. Which is which is interesting in and of itself. Yeah. All right. So here's your last track. Introduce it for us. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so this is a band uh, out of North Carolina. They drove the whole way up to Pennsylvania to record with me their first EP, and this awesome. is the first song off of that. And they've kind of got a very cool. It's retro, but kind of like um, post blues type of cool black keys sound to them type of thing so i love i love it a lot it's a lot of fun so this is this is get out and i would just go for um maybe the second or third chorus cool so i'm gonna start there start with the second chorus here on version a here we go Version B. A, B, C, and then A. Let's start with A. This is a tough one. Actually, I might have thrown you for a loop on this one too, and I'll tell you why later. 
Go, yeah. <laughs> going into this exercise, this was the one I struggled with the most. So let's just get into it. I thought version A had a wider, the, the main vocal track was a little bit wider. It was, there was some, whatever stereo widening effect there was kind of took the, the vocal wider. Um, I liked that but I thought it was a hair too much. And I think it that type of effect works. But exactly what you said is it's, this is kind of like a bluesy, Black Keys type of vibe. And to me, that was a little bit too modern and exciting of an effect for this like blue jeans rock and roll. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Um, B, I liked the best. Did you? Yes. I thought I thought it was just yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was the most balanced, most appropriate for this style of music. And C, I thought the kick was inappropriately boomy. Hmm. And I'm guessing that C is the robot. You are and correct. I'm guessing Really? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, and then my guess is that B was yours. No. Okay. And th- I'm okay. totally fine with you liking that more because that probably, B is probably closer to what the artist actually would prefer. Really? Yeah. So let me, let me give you some background on this. I actually cheated a little bit. So this song I worked on over two years ago and I, that version A that I gave you, I just remastered yesterday because- Oh, so this is both, they're both your masters. No. So B was an outside studio. That was the professional oh. master. Yes. Okay. Okay. And going back and listening to it, because uh, I just brought it up in preparation for this episode, as soon as I brought it up, and I don't know if it's two years of experience or also having sonar works and hearing things with a whole different set of ears, mm. I was kind of appalled by how, how much low end I had in my mix. I thought... And, an inappropriate amount of low end and not enough highs. Mm. Just like, just rolled off a little bit too much. And especially for the mix references that I was given, because I was given a Black Keys song, I was given a Jet song and a Switchfoot song. (laughs) And the Jet and Black Keys were kind of similar style, and the Switchfoot just sounded like this super modern rock band and i was yeah i was gonna say those are weird references yeah so it's interesting too as a mixing engineer mastering engineer when you're when you have an artist give you like oh here's two references and they both sound completely different than one another like at that point you have to try to get in the artist's head and figure out what did they like about these songs that they're probably pulling from and So in my remaster, what I was trying to do was go for a little bit more of that modern sound and add it. more high you nailed end. nailed it. I mean, the, so my note says literally for A, it says it's a close second. I went back and forth between A and B, and I thought A was a wonderful master. And I, like I said, I think it's more exciting and, and actually more modern sounding. And then, again, I said like just for the genre, for what I was hearing from the genre, it was a little like too much of that. Yeah. But they're both solid masters. Technically, I would you know I would accept either A or B depending on which the artist preferred. C I would not accept because again that low end was just too boomy and too loud for the genre, and I thought I thought it missed the mark. Now I'm 
maybe shouldn't say anything until we listen to this last one because I think I'm wrong on this based on what you said before we started podcasting. But <laughs> I will say one thing that I think has come true based on these five examples we've listened to is that the algorithm can't it can't make up for a bad balance in a mix. If it, Good point. it if it's unbalanced, then all the ma- all the algorithm can do is just kind of go with what you've already given it because that's exactly what happened in that song like it was an out of balance master that had too much low end and it just it volume raised it and so that's kind of the downside you mean it was out, it was an out of balance mix yes and then the master, sorry yeah that's what i meant I understand uh I so understand. i think that's the big downside with going with the algorithm because it doesn't have the human brain to be able to to get inside the artist's head or to even ask questions and say, well, what are you going for? I know this is what you gave me, but what are you going for? It can only like view things from like a, a sonic fingerprint and not from a style type of a thing. Not, not definitely not from a style. And it does do that. And I mean, that's what they claim it does is that it actually will, um, you know, they, they claim it actually kind of listens quote unquote to other songs and similar genres, but, one of my takeaways is exactly what you said from this exercise is that you can get a good master from the algorithm if you have a really good mix going in. And if you get a bad master, what are you going to do? Who are you going to call? Yeah. Right? Well, you, you have a couple of options granted on this website. You can like flip a couple of different dials. It's like, you know, they give you like three or four different options. So maybe you can like play around with it and get something there. But like, it's that's not the same as being like, listen, I think it was good, but the kick was a little inappropriately loud for the genre. Can you do something about that? Yeah. You can't really have that conversation. No. No, you can't. All right. Well, I got two out of the three algorithms yes. correct. Actually, did it? No, did I? Yeah, no, I only got two out of the three correct. But the one I didn't get correct was actually my least favorite master. Yes. Um, I gave the algorithm too much credit in that case. So never give the you know, this is, cre- credit. <laughs> yeah, we were we were a little bit biased, obviously, because this is what we do and this is what we love. And there's always this question of like, can an algorithm really replicate it? So in this case, I was able to pick out the algorithm twice. One time I gave the algorithm too much credit. But ultimately, my conclusion is that if anything, I may have been a little too hard. On the algorithm, the algorithm, again, like I said, can do a nice job if you have a good mix going in, but it's a bit of a dice roll. Um, And we'll talk about, maybe after this last song, we'll talk about some of the other advantages and disadvantages in our conclusions. Yeah, sure. Let's play this last tune, which is a tune I also recently finished from an artist uh, named Alfie Sosa. He's a Philly artist. And this one was interesting because he, going in, this was a single he was going to release he was very specific with what he wanted. He mm. wanted to get a 60s sound. So we knew going into the session, I was going to use like very specific microphones, record with maybe more preamp gain than I normally would, try to get some like distortion in the vocals, try to basically replicate what a recording would sound like in the 60s recorded to tape, which was actually a, a big challenge for me, Ben, because it's not really what I do. That's not right. really the type of music I... I mix. And I told him that. I was like, look, this is going to be a fun challenge for me because I'm not, I don't know how to get this sound. And it took me some YouTube videos and some, some fooling around with it. And 
when I went, and that's why I wanted to have it mastered by an engineer was because I wanted to kind of get a second set of ears on that. And I told the engineer the same thing. I said, we're going for a 60s sound here. And so keep that in mind when you're listening to these three versions. I'm going to play the last chorus here, starting with A. If you stay on the sidelines, please never forget that those ones on the front lines fight for the right as well. Well, that's your choice, my friend Just don't stand in the way of people trying to change their face B If you stay on the sidelines, please never forget That those ones on the front lines fight for the right as well And if you don't agree, well, that's your choice, my friend and here's C. If you stay on the sidelines, please never forget that those ones on the front lines fight for the right as well. And if you don't agree, well, that's your choice, my friend. Just don't stand in the way of people trying to change their face. And here's them back to back. If you stay on the sidelines, please never forget that those ones on the front lines fight for the right as well. And if you don't agree, well that's your choice, my friend. Just don't stand in the way of people trying to change their face. All right. I know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this one's this one's so tough because one. I thought that I I thought that I had a better idea of what this was until you said you were going for a 60s sound. Yeah. And then it really it changes things a lot. But I think that there's a good lesson from this, even though I'm probably completely wrong on all of this. So I think there's a good moral to this after I say what I think. So okay. I'll just read what I wrote listening before I knew that about this. So for A. I have written everything about this master sounds dull. That's what I was first thinking whenever I listened through everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. it actually is pleasant listening in headphones and sounds okay. time period appropriate. So we'll come back to that. Um, in version B, I thought that that was the most balanced of all the masters, EQ wise. Nice, mm. bright top end. But I also thought that it might be a little bit too much top end, a little harsh. Mm. Uh, and then for C, I thought it was similar to B, only there was more presence on the acoustics and a warmer low end. Like the bass guitar came, f it was louder, beefier, hmm. and the acoustics were just kind of louder in, you know, both side fields a little bit. So mm -hmm. I think that not knowing anything about this song going into it, I thought that C was yours, B was the third party. And A was the algorithm, but after what we talked about, I think that actually A might be the professional master, but I'm curious as to what, what things actually were. Wow. Okay. So you, your first guess was correct. B oh, was, was okay. the third party. Yeah. And 
Uh, it was actually interesting. This song, just like the previous one, I knew going in that I was we were going to have it mastered, so I didn't really spend a lot of time mastering it. A was mine, and oh, A was yours. I totally interesting. Yeah, A was mine, and I I, to- I actually agree with you. I had two problems with it, and I I realized I had problems once I heard the master I got back. One was that I had too much kind of low mids, and the vocal was a little bit muddy on version A. I thought that which was my version. And two was, yeah, it was a little darker. And so that's why I thought the, the, the third-party version, which was mastered by a friend of mine who's a mastering engineer out of Belgium. His name is Nico. It's called Roca Mastering. You can check him out if you're interested. He did a nice job kind of adding some of that saturation and tape saturation warmth. And, and I thought he did a nice job, which what you said, which is balancing the frequencies a little bit. So he cut some of that muddiness I had in the, in the vocal, and I thought he brought the top end up but not so much so that it was inappropriately sizzly. Um, so yeah, I like that version the best. And yeah, version C was the robot version. Hmm. And you know, I thought it did a fairly decent job given that I never had yeah. a discussion with the robot on that. Uh, the robot wasn't even alive in the 60s. <laughs> That's very true. So um, yeah, so so uh, yeah, all that being said, I, I thought the robot did a nice job. Again, I, I think it had the same... Like you said in the last song, I thought it had the, some of the same problems that I had in the mix came through in that Robot Master, which is that it was a little muddy and maybe a little too boomy for for the, the genre, for what it wanted That's to be. That's a really good point. I think that it it almost like did the same thing with that 60s style song that it did with your progressive metal band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it just added, exactly it added subs to the bass and yeah very interesting i actually think that i'm I, I have written down that i preferred the algorithm the most in this one really oh i didn't ask you that you preferred c the most yeah on monitors at least i mean it was a toss-up between that and b okay but listening on headphones i did think that i mean b is absolutely the most balanced and C just has just a little bit too much bass guitar. It's just too mm. a little too subby. Um, the interesting thing though is that like your friend who mastered this, I feel like he kind of threaded the needle really well on capturing that old '60s vibe, but it also sounded modern at the same time too. Because I think that yours was truest to what a '60s sounding recording would sound it was like. Rolled off. It would yeah, be very maybe. rolled off. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. And actually, he sent me two versions. He sent me one was called Modern and one was called Vintage. Mm. And I listened, I liked both of them. We ended up going with the Vintage one, which is the one you heard here. And that's the one the artist preferred. But um, yeah, that's interesting. You know, I, I don't know that. And, and that's what I was wondering was like, how much high end did they have in the 60s? I don't know. That's a, you know, that's, that's a fair point. I don't listen to enough of that music on a day-to-day basis to have like any solid references. You know, I, I didn't mind. I thought the robot did a nice job on this one, actually. I thought I, I, didn't, I didn't mind it. So give me some of your takeaways here. What, what, did you th- what do you think you, you learned? What surprised you? Um, I think I was, I was surprised that the algorithm wasn't better. Really? These services have existed for a few years now. And I know when they first came out, every mastering engineer just completely trash them. It was saying, 
if you want a good master, you'll never ever take this seriously. You'll go to a, a real mastering engineer. And sure. I mean, honestly, like I want to believe that, but at the same time, I feel like that's kind of the quickest way to become obsolete is just by ignoring new technology. So, sure. so I don't want to just hate on something that might be a good tool for people out there. So I really felt like after a few years, they would have had enough songs go through their database that maybe the robot is actually Skynet, <laughs> you know, and we'll end, yeah, yeah, and yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll end all mastering. But I mean, I think it's still safe to say that you're almost a hundred percent of the time going to be better suited by going to a real person. That's a mastering engineer. Hmm. Yeah. My, my takeaway was a little bit different. I, I guess, first of all, I, I went in expecting the algorithm to be worse. Actually, mm -hmm. I I've used these things a couple of years ago and, and, and you're right in saying that they continually get better because it's basically a machine learning algorithm. They keep feeding it more and more songs and you know, it becomes the more data it has, the better it becomes at recognizing patterns and learning from them. So I was Im impressed actually for my for my own songs and in two cases, in two of the songs for yours as well, at how well it did. And I was mm -hmm. thinking about use cases for this. And here's kind of how it breaks down for me. If you're the type of artist who is on like a release schedule where you're trying to do like a song a month or a song a week and you're on Instagram and that's your thing, this can be a decent option for you to consider. If you're doing like yeah. high volume, fast turnaround and you just want, you need to like get stuff out there, this could be good. Now, the, the way that works is you could pay per song, yeah. which is obviously cheaper than you would do for a mastering engineer, but it's not super cheap or you could pay like a subscription model and they have some other things as well. If you have put two years into a piece of music and it's your baby and you've poured over the details and it's your, really your heart and soul, I would not recommend getting, giving yeah. the final piece of the puzzle to a robot. Like If you've spent three hours preparing a meal for your partner, I would not trust a robot to salt that meal <laughs> you know <laughs> that's a great analogy I so i think there's something to be said for that i mean i for me the, the decision is going to continue to be i spend enough time on mixes and i i, I love and care enough about what i do that for me i think the option continues to be between diy mastering and sending to a professional yeah in most cases, I would prefer to send to a professional, f if nothing else, to get that second set of ears on it. Um, and because, again, I think it makes me better to, to hear something uh, that's been done by, by somebody else. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically my takeaway. I think it's, it's more usable than I expected, and it can be great for certain applications, but I personally am not comfortable enough yet to use it on like my own music or mixes that I've slaved over yeah i'm really torn on who to recommend it to honestly an algorithm because the mixes i thought it sounded the best on were the ones that were already balanced already really well and totally. so if you already are that good at mixing and mastering then you don't really need it or you're putting that much care and effort into it that 
why not just send it to an actual mastering engineer and get it that much better? That's a very fair point. That's a very fair point. My, my thinking was like, if you're the type of person who's releasing, let's say, cover songs every week and your setup is fixed. So like you're pretty much not even mixing. It's like all the same settings. You're, you know, pretty much kind of like you got your stuff set up and you record it and it's pretty cookie cutter stuff. That this might be the right approach for you. Yeah. Um, but you're right. If you're crafting music that's original, I'm still a little bit hesitant. The one thing that makes me the most hesitant is that it fails my one test of quality control because I feel like if nothing else, an algorithm or a robot should maybe be terrible at taste, but really good at quality control. And Quality control, yeah. And I felt like it was way off, like especially in uh, the Passages song from from you guys where it just decided, oh, I'm just going to add like, five, six decibels of bass guitar sub bass to this. And scoop the mids on a guitar heavy song. Yeah. Like that's terrible quality control to me. That one and the Mr. Yuck song, especially that one was like really disappointing to me that it, it, there was that much kind of distortion and uh, yeah, that was, it was bad. (laughs) So it's, that's a, that's a great point, Ben. Quality control. Yeah. You, and you, you nailed it. You know, you'd think that would be the one thing that would be solid and and it wasn't so it, it just to me it makes me question like you know if the, the whole reason why as an artist you would want to go with mastering is because you're unsure that the product you've already made up to this point is as good as it could be or else you wouldn't go to anybody else and right. if you're gonna hand it to this algorithm that could potentially make it worse that's not gonna you know make me trust it and any bit more. So here's here's my thought on like maybe a good application for it as well. If you're a DIY artist or band and you're kind of doing all 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 the mixing, mastering, recording yourself and you're early on you're just you're just listening, kind of like the one person that we did our coaching call with. They're they're just growing their studio business, they're just learning a lot. This might be a great thing to invest in the low tier to just kind of feed it masters that you work on or mixes that you work on just to kind of see what it does with it to get a second option and then just to see if like oh it made it worse like i'm good or maybe it actually makes it better and then you can go back and maybe re-engine like uh, re-engineer what it did and think right oh it sounds more exciting maybe that's something i could do in my mixes and actually learn from so i i think that's a valid application to use it for too yeah i agree well, this is uh, this was a ton of fun, man. Yeah, it was. The point totals maybe don't don't show it, but I think we picked out the algorithm. I'd have to go back and listen to see how accurately we did it. We were definitely off a couple of times, but all in all, I mean, we went in with some decent mixes, and I think we were still able to to pick it out more often than not. I think we both got two two out of the three times. Two out of the three times. Yeah. yeah. For now, the humans. We still are winning in the race against robots. <laughs> we'll yes, see. Yes. Now, the other thing uh, we didn't mention, but we were both impressed with how quickly, I mean, you upload a song and, you know, less than 10 minutes later, uh, you do get a, a master back from the from the robot. So there's uh, that to factor in as well. Take that for what it's worth. Um, again, I still, even if I was crunched on a deadline, I, yeah, I, I, just would, I still wouldn't trust it because of that. It, it fails that quality control test, like you said. Uh, but it does do stuff quickly. And the other use case I've actually heard for it is if you're 
if you're doing like demos or you're doing like rough mixes or you're doing pre-production where like it's not the final product, but you're trying to get something that's going to at least be comparable loudness, then this can be a useful thing as well, I think, for like, here's a quick and dirty, like, it's just going to be loud at least, if nothing else. Yeah. I think we've done it justice. <laughs> uh, this was a lot of fun. It was, yes. And uh, yeah, we hope, hopefully it was helpful for you guys making, making these decisions. Write us a note. You can email me <clears throat> at redeem at DIY record. Oh man, I'm losing my voice here. <laughs> Shouting all, over all these loud masters. Yeah. You can, uh, you can email me at uh, Vadim at DIYrecordingguys.com. Ben is at Ben at DIYrecordingguys.com. Hit us up in the Facebook group, too. Let us know what you thought. Which masters did you prefer or think were unusable? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, until next time, Vadim and Ben reminding you to check yourself. Before you wreck yourself. Have a good one, guys. Oh, long episode If you're enjoying the podcast, take a minute to leave a rating wherever you like to listen to it or share it with your friends on social media. Also, Benjamin and I are working engineers and we love helping people turn ideas into finished productions. So if you're interested in working with one of us or just want to discuss a project you're working on, reach out. You can find my work at calmfrogrecording.com. Get me on Instagram at calmfrogrecording or shoot me an email, vk at calmfrogrecording.com. And you can check Benjamin's workout at dreamloudstudio.com. Hit him up on Instagram at dreamloudstudio or by email, ben at dreamloudstudio.com. And finally, join our Facebook group to engage with a whole group of friendly, like-minded people who are interested in DIY recording. Just search for DIY Recording Guys on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and for your continued support. I'll see you next week.